you call yourself a maker? You smell like failure and corn chips. Drop and give me 45 minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys. It's the Creators Collective. Listen up and don't give me that face. Right, Herbert Holtz and Walker are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you got questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I am going to plant my boots so far up your hiney that your mother is going to be crying. Now listen up, jelly pasty cow pies. And welcome back for another exciting week of the uh, Creators Collective. And we are going to have yet another fun week. Uh, this week, we're going to be answering a few questions and then talking about uh, what we've done. So kind of like normal. So if you have any questions you'd like to have us answer, feel free to email one of us or feel free to join us in the live chat, which is where most people uh, put in their questions. You can do that every Thursday at 9 Central, 10 Eastern. And uh, on the, the YouTube channel, Creators Collective, you can see us live every week. So come join the fun, and I'm hoping to uh, see you there next time. But let's uh, let's jump into what we've got going on this week. Uh, Zach, you're top of the list. What you got? Um, so I spent the week finishing up that uh, the uh, metal sign that was I got plasma cut out at the um, Cleveland Lincoln Electric deal. So I finished that up this week. I posted a little like teaser video with some ridiculous music in the background on my Instagram a couple of days ago. Uh, that's pretty much what I've been working on this week and just getting ready to do some uh, getting ready to do some other jobs. I have a, a lot of things on the on the agenda. So I, I released um, that welding cart video last week, which seemed to go over pretty well. It was the first video that me and my friend recorded our own music for. So. And that's, if anybody's not familiar, the music in that is all completely free, uh, royalty-free music. So if, if you're interested, there's a link in there. That is but, so sweet. I'm looking forward to using some of that. Yeah, have at it. Um, so yeah, there's there's some fun stuff coming up with that. I'll, I'll kind of keep that under the wraps until, until we get a little bit further down the road. But uh, stay tuned for a whole release of well-produced royalty-free music that anybody here is welcome to to use on their YouTube channel. So there's two songs already, but probably a month out or a couple months, we'll probably release like 10, 15 tracks. Um, so did that and uh, have a lot of big things coming up for the next month. I'm, I'm going to release the the video blog of the the Cleveland event here probably on Saturday. And then after that, I'm actually going to release the sign video. And then this next month, I'm hoping to actually do a video that involves my wood lathe and uh, also a truck video. That's I'm finally, I'm about halfway through what I'm actually, I know I keep on, it keeps on getting pushed back. Like I, I I don't want to make any promises because I've made so many and uh, it just keeps getting pushed back, but it is, it is officially back in motion and on the agenda. I'm the next video is going to be the, the truck box. I pounded out all the dance, did the body work. I have about a little over half of it done. So, I mean, it's work is actually happening. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, finishing it and getting the video out. So, man, your hair is, <laughs> I don't know who's, who's watching this right now, but uh, it makes it really hard to. <laughs> Not Fine, I'll, I'll ditch Bob. It's, it's actually really funny. <laughs> is that better? Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> cool um will what you got uh lots and lots of stuff uh i feel a little overwhelmed <laughs> what don't you have <laughs> yeah i feel a little overwhelmed by life right now um just with all the stuff going on um i was running around all day yesterday uh, i had to drive over to the shenandoah valley 
um, and beat the rain because I picked up a new fun tool, uh, a nice big monster grizzly lathe, um, an 1847 lathe. So I can turn uh, 18 inch diameter things over the bed or I can slide the headstock all the way to the end and then basically turn anything from the center to the floor. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And that's still in the crate. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, it was heavy. It's 550, 45 inch bowl coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was 550 pounds shipped. So I'll see what, how much it actually weighs after I get it out of the crate. So, um, I am about to start working on the walnut dining table for a client. Um, that's going to have turned pedestal legs. Um, so that was another reason for me picking up this big monster leg because, you know, something, you know, a 28 inch long, 10 inch wide leg is going to be super heavy. So, um, solid walnut. So I'm going to want a little bit more heft on that. Um, I just tuned up my table saw. Uh, I do that annually where I just check to make sure that the miter slots are square to the blade. Um, that the fence is square to the miter slots, um, pence, pence square to the blade because I squared that up. Um, and <clears throat> just kind of shimmied the tabletop around, gave myself a little bit more clearance for making 45 degree cuts. Um, the arbor was a little bit close to the stock, uh, table saw, uh, table saw insert. So I shifted that whole table over, recalibrated everything, and then made um, some zero clearance inserts out of walnut just because... I saw those. Those were, those were pretty sharp Thanks, thanks yeah. man. I was like, just because I can, and I have a ton of walnut in my shop, and uh, I just had like <laughs> the piece that was the perfect width, so I was like, I'm going to use it, and it was my most engaging post on Instagram, I think, ever. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I have a... Uh, I have a dado stack and I've still never made an insert for it. I just like, I can only fit like three of the blades in my dado stack and they'll actually fit through my insert. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've had like jobs where I'm hogging out like four or five inches of a material and I still just put the little three blades on it and do it in like 15 passes because I'm too lazy to make an insert. Uh, well, I've got the, uh, from Amana tools, I've got the, their super fine, dado stack that comes with like a bunch of different shims so you can shim your your stack to within i think two thousandths of an inch so like to fit undersized plywood and stuff like that um and those inserts are so quick to make like i always forget how quick they are to make um once you kind of have your process down uh and if you've got a combo sander like a disc sander uh, that's really where that tool shines. Like if you just, you know, rough cut these inserts on the bandsaw and then take them over to the, the disc sander, the stationary sander, like you can get it like a super tight, perfect fit really quick. Um, so I, I task you to make an insert so you can use the rest of your data stack, Zach. <laughs> One of these days. It, it hasn't yeah. been getting much, much action lately. I haven't been doing the wood joinery that I was doing like a year ago. If I'm only making like one, like one set of tenons or something on the table saw, I'll just do it with the regular, like a standard kerf blade. But if I'm in like production mode where I'm making, you know, a bunch of dado cuts for a big cabinet or something, like I'll set it up. But I don't, I don't set up the dado stack that often, um, just because it takes more time to 
to set it up than it is just to make the cut, you know, that you need to make with a standard kerf. Um, also, I ordered a uh, brand uh, branding iron, uh, a, a heated uh, fire heated branding iron from Cranford Designs with my logo on it. So I'll start branding nice. stuff. Yeah, I was going to get it from Tony. Is it... Uh- how do you, how does it heat up? How do you heat it up with it, it with a torch? It's a it's okay. three quarter inch brass, um, and then you just heat it okay. up with a torch, and then you know brand your stuff. Um, they- I can definitely see the advantage of going. Like I have I have one that's kind of the same way, and it works great. But like I can totally see the advantage of having like an electronically controlled one that just gets to the perfect temperature, and you don't have to like it takes the guesswork out of it because it's kind of stressful when you have like this nice piece of furniture and you're ready to brand it. And you're like, I mean, you can do it. You can test it on a piece of wood first, but it's just, it's kind of a inexact science when you're heating it with a torch and, and doing it, you know, I'd be, I've only done like, I, I made some a cutting board out of scrap wood last week and that was stressful enough. I can only imagine doing like a table and it's like, here we go. <laughs> well, I feel like <laughs> a table, right. you're, a table, you're going to put it on the underside anyway. So like it doesn't have to be perfect because no one's ever yeah, going to see true. it. I just run a test. I just run a test before every time I stamp it. That's it, what I do. It comes out but, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. But still, then I'm like, well, did it lose? How much heat did it lose right there? Do I need to give it a little, you know, I've been lucky so far, but uh, I need to make like a little square thing so that I can make sure that I get it aligned right. That's one of the things is like, cause little things, like if it's a few degrees off, it drives me crazy. So very, very little things in my projects. Am I like a perfectionist about, but when it comes to, text and stuff i just want it to line up right so i'm sure Anywho. i'm sure my ocd is going to get to the better of me uh when when it comes in in five to six weeks and yeah i'll share your woes um, yeah well also <laughs> something else too is it's like i found that if you're doing it around like next to a radius corner it's tricky like if it's not perfectly flat you won't get an even brand so that's just something to be careful of like if you're doing it on a corner or something close to a corner, make sure that it's in far enough to where you're actually pressing it on a perfectly flat surface. So, so I, I did like, it on the edge of something and it like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a slight radius in the corner. Didn't quite brand. So I feel like I'm going to make some like just simple, elegant branded coasters like to sell as like small projects locally. Um, uh-huh. And I feel like anything that doesn't get perfect, I'll just sell off as seconds. You know, like they like they do with like pots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll give them away for our uh, for our photo challenge winners. Your yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we can give the seconds away. Um, I kind of like the the slightly messed up brand because it it's, it adds more to the the aesthetic of it. Yeah, because I always try and I always try and make one corner that doesn't quite completely contact, and one hit one side that's heavier. It just makes it look a little more real, a little more handcrafted. Yeah, not just like stamped. Um, yeah. And then the last thing, I mean, if I really wanted to, I'd get a laser etcher and you know laser etch it and be done with it. But I've been looking at the uh, the the cheap Chinese two axis lasers you can get on eBay for like two hundred bucks, um, just because I want to. <laughs> Have you guys seen those? Have you guys like put any stock into those? I've 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 seen them. Like I have it. This is you know typical. Zach fashion here. Like I have a tab on one of my computers. Like I found one of them like, Oh, that's interesting. And I've had the tab open in my computer for like two months. So it's somewhere buried in like 15, uh, Google Chrome tabs. Uh, Oh, Zach. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) uh, and then the last (laughs) thing I've got going on is, uh, I'm designing 
for a friend um, a live edge bench to go in his kitchen um, where he wanted something live edge. So we picked out a slab of mulberry that my favorite place in the whole world. Um, and then I'm designing a base for him. So I'm going to send over some sketches to him and uh, yeah, he wants it out of wood Sweet. though. I was, I was, I wanted to do it out of metal, um, but he wants it out of wood. So it's going to be difficult. I think I'm going to have to make the legs out of something like maple, something really light because mulberry is such a charismatic wood. Like you, you can't put like oak next to it because it, it would just kind of get muddy. Um, but yeah, do you guys have any ideas of a good contrasting base for mulberry? Have you guys Elm? Know? I don't even know what mulberry looks like. It's like a reddish orangish kind of looks like Osage orange, but not as intense. I'm looking it up right now. I would think elm actually. Elm, okay. Doesn't elm has elm a look- really nice, clean, uh, clean color. It doesn't have as much character, and it. it would it would bounce nice out. It's a little bit lighter. Yeah, it's a little bit lighter. It's not as white as as like maple, but it's still kind of that yeah. that pale kind of muted. Yeah, I can do. I do. It's not oak. as fuzzy as an oak. I would say yeah. black and steel. That's what <laughs> that's what I wanted to do, but he didn't want it. He didn't want the steel. And so I was like, tell hey. him you want, tell him you're done. <laughs> so it's my way or the highway buddy that's right find <laughs> find somebody else uh but yeah so that's like all the stuff i got going on uh james what are you working on <laughs> uh well last night we actually had our our first uh live build so i was kind of experimenting with it i wasn't quite sure what it would develop into uh, but the fun thing was my wife was actually here for it so she was in the shop and she was watching the chat and answering questions and things like that. And so it was kind of a fun opportunity for people to ask, you know, behind the scenes questions to my wife so that she, they would get another view of what is it like to, you know, work <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> but I actually just, I decided to make a, a straight edge, something really fairly quick that would only take 15, 20 minutes. But then if there were a lot of questions, then I could fill the time with that. And I basically ended up finding out I need to either do a build video live or have a Q&A and, and trying to mix the two together just it muddies the water. Uh, but the the whole time was it was a ton of fun and uh, really had an amazing response. It was the the best live event I've ever had. And a lot of people came out for it. So yeah, if you want to see that, I have the, the recording of it. And a lot of people asking my wife all those questions like, don't ask my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, I, I really didn't spend that much on that tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and I'll, I'll be doing more of that in the future. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, the glue test. The glue test is coming along. Um, I have uh, f- what I have another twelve boards to glue up. So twelve times sixteen pieces. Uh, so almost done with that. And uh, um, the uh, the glue testing frame should be here soon. Um, I think Wildman Tech is shipping it out this week, so I'm looking forward to actually having that in the shop. So hopefully that video will be coming out in the next couple weeks. And then, uh, oh, I'm building a low-angle jack plane. Actually, it's it's more of a low-angle joiner. It'll be about 20 inches long. Um, and it'll be a bevel-up low-angle plane. So it'll actually be a lower attack angle than a normal... It's me. It'll be a beveled down low angle plane, so it'll be a lower angle than your normal low angle jack. Because a normal low angle jack has a, a angle of about uh, 38, 38 and a half degrees. This one will actually have an angle of 30 degrees, so it uh, should be kind of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to experimenting and playing with that. But I'm going to be doing most of the time. People when they make it, they they cut the sides off and then they use a saw to cut out the mouth shape. 
um, and then they glue the sides back on. But I want to do the traditional method of using a, um, a frame wedge. So in other words, not having a pin that goes through that holds the wedge, actually having little clips on the side that hold it in place. But that means you can't cut off the sides. Um, so everything is basically carved out. So this should be a, uh, huh. a very fun build. The, the, the actual traditional method of making we, a... We uh, have very different ideas mouth. of fun, James. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do for me. Uh, so you said it was a bevel down low angle. Is that... Yes. Okay, so you redress the iron and you put a pretty steep bevel on it, right? If it's beveled down to engage... Yeah, the iron will be a 25 degree, uh, so there'll be a 5 degrees of, uh, of uh, um, relief angle, which is is really small. And so I wanted to, I wanted to kind of play with it. But for things like a shooting board, uh, because you're always starting at the end of the board, there isn't as much of an issue with that. Um, it'll make it uh, it'll make it have a slower cut in a plunge. So if I start in the middle of a board, it will it will take a longer distance for it to fully engage to depth. Okay. Um, so, can you explain to me the the benefit of a low angle plane again? I still am having like it just seems like it would tear out like ridiculous. Uh, for end grain, it slices through the wood far easier. Okay. Oh, um, so if so you're you shooting really, something, a really really clean grain for that. Um, if you're working with the grain, you also get a very very sharp clean. There's far less chance for chatter. Um, you, you get a, a really nice clean cut. Um, but for anything where the grain reverses or you're going against the grain, uh, it's low angle is a is a pain. Now the nice thing about doing with the bevel down is I can still use a chip breaker, and so that's the the big experiment I'm doing with this is I've never seen a low angle plane with a chip breaker because if you have bevel up like most low angle planes you can't put a chip breaker huh. in there because the bevel gets in the way but if i have a chip breaker in really close to it have a nice tight mouth then theoretically i should be able to do reversing grain very easily um, so i'm, I'm kind of uh, interested to see how well that that works for it so you get the, the smoother easier push of a low angle plane uh, but with the action of a traditional bevel down chip breaker and tight mouth okay that makes sense. I, I've still never made a shooting board, so that's probably why I've never seen the allure of the low angle. But yeah, anytime you're like, if you're doing a large panel and you want to clean up the end grain, um, a, a good low angle plane just does amazing work. That and uh, end grain cutting boards. Uh, that was actually the, the main reason that Stanley came up with the uh, the sixty two. It is, I think it is. I've never been very good at the St- Stanley numbers, but the the original low angle jack plane made by stanley was designed for um, ingrain cutting boards and uh, chopping uh, butcher blocks so you can resurface them quickly and easily cool all right um i swear i'm gonna make a uh, block plane soon just because i want to get on the in on the plane making game so somebody <laughs> just in our uh photo challenge i don't know if we want to segue into that right now but i think somebody actually for their picture it was a plane that they made which i thought was pretty cool I'll look it up right now. <laughs> I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. Basically, what we're going to be doing for the uh, the challenge is last week we uh, started the challenge for the hands-on tools. So submit a video, uh, a picture in Instagram with the hashtag of Creators Photo Challenge, 
and have your hand on a tool, whether it be a table saw, a plane, or whatever, and make an artistic picture with uh, that. And then you'll be entered into the uh, the competition. So you have one more week to put that in. And next week, we are going to announce the winner and then also announce uh, the next two-week segment of what picture we're going to be doing. So Yeah, we're, we're still kind of getting getting this thing figured out. So bear with us, but I think we finally have it down. We're, we're going to, yeah. it's going to be a two week, uh, two week challenge every time. Uh, we haven't, the one thing we don't know is what you're going to win other than like, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, podcast notoriety. Uh, I'm sending, uh, Rick from woodwork life, uh, shirt. Cause he won the last one. His picture was great. Um, we have a handful of submissions already that are pretty good. And I think we all put yeah. ours in yesterday, right? Yeah. I think mine was two days ago or something yeah, like there's that. There's a yeah. handful of them in there. That are yeah, you can make this too. Um, just uh, yeah. he's in the the live chat right now. He put up a really good one. Yeah, I think this morning. Did, did yeah. he put up two? He put up two. I feel like there was, yeah. yeah, the first one was his entry, and the second one was just his second favorite from the series. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Caleb, that that photo um, with you and your kids' hands on your plane that was that was really cute. pretty awesome. Uh, it tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you have uh, one more week to get those in. So uh, put a picture on Instagram with the hashtag and we will take a look at them. Creators photo challenge hashtag. Ooh, there's some, there's some uh, good suggestions coming in through the the live chat right now, um, which this is going to be, so the, there's a half sheet of plywood challenge, a two by four challenge, um, marking gauge challenge, uh, or maybe that was just Caleb talking about a marking gauge, but um, that would be an interesting, an interesting uh, kind of uh, evolve, evolvenist evolution. Evolution. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, an evolution of the the challenge would to like make something out of you know with certain stipulations and then take an artistic photo of that. So like a half sheet, make something out of a half sheet of plywood. And then that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. This I is feel like we we need to get some sponsors involved because I think uh, the Modern Maker podcast did they did like a concrete challenge and a two by four challenge and so yeah. No, you're right. You probably need more than two weeks for that. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We should make that like a separate thing if we ever want to consider doing something like that. Yeah. Okay. It's not a bad yeah. idea. Also, if anybody has suggestions for what the next week's uh, photo challenge should be, let us know because uh, we're not always full of ideas. <laughs> my my brain is a little right. drained right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the first like cool. quarter of the year is always crazy. Like it just feel like everything always happens like the first few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah. what do you say? Can we jump into some yeah. questions? Let's do it. Cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Derek Koss, Koss, um, Ons. from the live chat asks, um, I've been using a chop saw with a diamond blade for cutting metal stocks since I started working with it. I'm curious about metal band saws. How much of an advantage do they give? Um, I yeah, I can answer yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, so I'm assuming he means like the cold saw, like the one that I use, like the big 14-inch uh, chop saw. And that thing is great. It's, it's been like the backbone of my shop. It will, it will cut through pretty much anything pretty quickly. Um, but I recently, let's see if I, I think I actually have the links here. I recently picked up, I'll put a link in the live chat, that bandsaw. I've actually had that for a long time. That's just like the DeWalt 20 volt max bandsaw. Um, and I think it's a deep cut. Apparently that's, it cuts larger material or something, but, uh, that thing's been great for 
there's certain things that just don't cut well in the uh, the chop saw. Like big, I, I work with all thread a lot, like one inch to two inch all thread. And anything that's round is just kind of awkward to clamp in a chop saw. But with the bandsaw, it makes it really easy. But I can tell you what made, I think it was actually my tool of the week last week, was the that swag off-road uh, bandsaw table. I put a link to that in the live chat. Um, that thing has made my porta band like 10 times more useful. It's pretty incredible. Um, it has like this miter gauge on it. So it's pretty much, it turns your bandsaw into like a table saw for metal. I mean, much smaller, but, uh, I, I did, if you guys watched the welding cart video, I did like, I think 10 degree cuts on it and it was just, everything was perfect. So that's definitely a game changer. I think to have that a lot of the times when you're doing angled stuff, cause the, the chop saw is only, you know, they're not very accurate. You can pretty much, you can do 90 degrees or 45 and anything else. There's no detents for it. So as you clamp it, it kind of, the angles move around a bit, but with the, with the bandsaw, you know, as long as you're not cutting, you know, four by four tubing or six by six tubing, you're, you're fine for pretty much whatever angle you can set your miter gauge to. So that's uh, been a really great tool for me. Yeah, in the in the metal shop I used to work in, the the big benefit of a of a bandsaw is particularly if you're cutting larger stock, is you can set up the bandsaw and have it cutting, and then you can go do something else while it's cutting through the stock. Whereas with the chop saw, if you're cutting larger stock, you have to sit there with the saw, um, especially if the blade's getting dull, uh, you're sitting there for a while. Whereas a bandsaw just runs, and you can go prep the next one yeah it, i mean it depends the amount of prep is the amount of time it takes to cut depends on the kind of bandsaw if you have like a big horizontal yeah. milling you know machining yeah. bandsaw that's one thing but i'm i'm imagining you know for somebody who's just kind of looking to up their arsenal i would think just for keeping the budget down those those porta bands are i mean everything i do is metal and i pretty much oh yeah, yeah if you're talking about a porta band yeah yeah that's that's what i have in that little bandsaw table it's okay uh, yeah i was taking it as the like a, a horizontal bandsaw no um, i still want one of those uh really really bad i want the big mitering one though but i i have no room for it in my shop I, it would i love mine and i've got a pretty so i've got my welding table uh on casters obviously because welding tables are really really heavy um and I've got the welding table just far enough away from the wall that I can slide uh, my horizontal bandsaw because it's on wheels um, behind the welding uh, welding table. And then whenever I'm cutting like a bunch of stock for like a table base or something like that, like like James said, I can just you know start the cut and set up a stop, um, walk away, go start grinding the next piece, you know, getting ready for welds or something like that, and then they shut off automatically. Um, when the cut is done and it's kind of like gives you an alarm when the, the cut's done because the piece of metal hits the concrete shop floor and it's like a bell. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Like cuts done. Um, yeah. Or you can get uh, like the saw I used to have at the shop I worked at. It was fully automatic with a feeding. So you would program into it. I need five cuts at four foot long and three cuts at two foot and then another couple, six inches. And so it automatically feeds this 22 foot, long piece of stocks through the saw and slices and cuts and slices and cuts. Yeah. But uh, then you're talking like $20,000 per saw. So uh, that's probably, <laughs> probably the not going to jump up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you have to have a space for 22 feet of stick in and out of the saw. Yeah. Ain't nobody got space for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story of my life. Uh, 
All right, so Egbert Joe has a question. Oh, before we go on, I have to I have oh. to correct. He changed the he, he corrected me. It's Derek Ons. Yep, Derek Ons. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Keep going. <laughs> That's all right. All right, so Egbert Joe um, has a question. If you could pick any long term, large scale project to build, i.e., SV Seeker. I'm not sure what that is. He he's um, building like a giant cargo. Uh, imagine freighter. a 40 foot long boat in your yard. Not 40. Oh. It's like a it's like. It's like, like, like 80, 80 or 100 or it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like Noah's Ark in his front yard. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what would it be? Um, assume you'd video the project, but money and subscriptions and shop space aren't an issue. Do you guys have any? I know exactly what I'd build. All right, James, you go for it. I'd build an eight-seat canard with a twin-engine pusher. Don't you talk dirty to me. <laughs> uh, a, a canard airplane is the one where the tail is well basically the the horizontal tail the uh, uh, elevator is in front of the wing um, and then twin engines so the uh, twin rotors uh, close to the body and back are pushing as opposed to a blade in front pulling um, very very efficient style very very controllable eight seat would be enough so the family could go and then i could carry luggage as well uh, it would be my absolute dream to uh, design and build that Maybe one of these days. That is ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably be three to four years of my life building it by myself. Huh. Wow. I was going to say a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah. That guitar's ambitious. Uh, that or a stri- uh, cedar strip canoe. And that's on my list. I'm cool. so glad nobody said a river table. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like... It is like infected all of YouTube. Like I'm, I'm holding out. I'm not going to do one. I keep telling myself like, don't do a river table, Zach. Don't do it. So here's my thing with the river table. Uh, I think Greg Clausen, it was his original design or that was like his shtick is mm-hmm. his shtick still sells them. And he does his out of glass. I think they're beautiful. Um, if I were him, I'd feel pretty frustrated right now with like, that was like his thing. And yeah. like everybody just like, recreating it with epoxy and infesting everything. It's kind of like how Etsy like destroys like expectations for pricing custom yeah. work. Um, I mean, I get it. Like I can see both sides of it. Like I think it's great that people are getting involved in building stuff and the river tables are very inspirational and people really like it. And I think it's cool to see people making stuff, but I feel like it's like become the game genie of YouTube. You guys remember game genie? The old like Nintendo cheat system. Like I feel like, I feel like uh, if, if you Google river table, there's like a hundred of them out there that have like come out in the past six, seven months. And I got to hand it to Johnny. Like he was, uh, as far as I know, he was like the original one and, and gave credit to Greg Clausen and, and stuff. But it seems like it's, uh, it's really, well, the thing it's, is they're still doing well. They're, um, I mean, it's who was it? Who did one last week? A big name that uh, created John, well, John Malecki did one that's blowing up right now. And his was really cool. He did like a, uh, metal base for it that was really sweet and then um fix Brad this, Rodriguez build from fix this build that did one and they're all yeah, really cool they're that. doing them they're they're doing a really good job and i like i like i like it when people add something unique you know the mm-hmm. the base on john malecki's was really cool and uh, brad rodriguez actually did his that was a waterfall table and he had the epoxy running down the waterfall front which yeah. was which was pretty cool i liked his color mix too yeah yeah so i mean there's some good stuff out there i just uh well I'm about to be making my dining room table. It won't be a river table, but it will have two big lakes. I'll be putting about three gallons of epoxy into it. Huh. 
but I'll be doing a few other things, beach glass and whatnot, that make it feel a little different. Yeah, I just it I, won't. It won't be the focus of it. It'll just be making that area of the wood usable. Yeah, I just I like the creativity aspect. I like when people you know try and add their own spin on stuff. Do a reverse river table. That'd be expensive. Yeah. Like the river's wood. Yeah. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of the tables. <laughs> yeah. uh, An island table. So, yeah. so speaking of the river and Greg Claussen, um, have you guys seen his wall art series? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. 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 So he does like basically the same thing, you know, where he sets the glass in um, and routes out, you know, a little groove and then hand cuts the glass. But I get it on a table where gravity is your friend. Um, but he's done it with some wall art where he does it, you know, to hang on the wall. And I have no idea how he does it and holds the glass in without the glass falling out. Do you guys have any any thoughts on how you would secure that? I was totally reading the comments and not listening to you. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm such a bad multi. I'm trying to like catch up on the live chat and and apparently I, I can't multitask when I do that. Do you, do you have any ideas, James? Maybe I can piece together the. Uh, the I question. was reading the chat and trying to catch up on <laughs> oh. the answer. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, cool. So I was just talking to talk. <laughs> okay, <laughs> round two. All right, so Greg Clausen, uh, he does his river out of glass. Okay. Gotcha. Right? It's not epoxy. He does it out of glass, yeah. um, and he hand cuts the glass and then he routes out. Um, you know. The, the inlay for the glass mm-hmm. to sit in. I get that. Gravity is your friend, yep. right? Gravity is holding the glass in. Well, he does a series of wall art where the the, the river sits, you know, on a wall vertically. Okay. And I have no idea how he's holding the glass in there's, so it doesn't just fall out. There's a really uh, – this is actually kind of a cool technique that I've, I've been experimenting with a lot lately, and it's called glue. Um, it works really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen some tables uh, like out there lately that 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 have um like the legs are all separated. They're just individual. Like I saw an end table and it was just like three posts and they weren't connected to each other. And there was look like there's they look like machined aluminum or something, but I think there's some sort of epoxy that they're just there's some sort of adhesive that they're using to adhere it to the glass. I don't know what it is, but yeah, either an epoxy or a silicon glue, um, that silicone glue that is uh, slightly flexible that will allow wood movement. So I was going to say silicone, but wouldn't you be able to see that through the glass? Not if you do it right. If it's a thin <laughs> coat back in the corner between the glass and the wood. Oh, you know what else you could do is route use a router and cut like a, a channel, kind of like a tongue and groove, so that like there's a so that the glass sits in between like a, a sits in a groove. So the front and back would hold it in place. Except for the glass is flush with the front no, of the, no. the piece. Well, then that's out, <laughs> but you could still do it All that right. way and it would look good. You know, just, yeah. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. Just slide one, the glass method, in, like make a, or just a put slot. it together around the glass. Wait a second. Zach, did, did Will say something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's move on. Uh, let's see. We have a, one more question uh, from uh, Carbonite Gamorian. 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 Um, a guy who's always watching the, uh, the the channel here. So thank you for that. Uh, this is an interesting one. Birdcage all. Uh, do you like three or four sides on the tip? Um, and uh, why do you have that? Is there any pros and cons to that? I don't I don't even know what a birdcage all is. Am I the only I'm one with opinion up. on this? Uh, I think so. 
Um, a birdcage all is an all that rather than having a uh, a cone, a, you know, a round cone tip, it actually has um, a diamond tip. So it either has three or four facets to the the nose of it. Um, it allows it to cut more than just kind of being a puncturing needle. Huh. All right. Yeah, I have absolutely so zero. What are your thoughts? I have no thoughts on that whatsoever. <laughs> um, basically, the the big difference is a three sided one has it's basically a, a sharper cutting edge on each side because each one is more of an acute angle, uh, so it cuts a little bit more as it as you turn it in the wood. But the problem is, if you're doing it with an improper method, it tends to bounce more. So, kind of like if you think of a reamer for reaming out a hole. If there are too few blades, you kind of end up with this star pattern in the hole, if that makes sense. Um, whereas a four-sided one, it cuts a little slower, but it doesn't bounce quite as much. Um, that being said, three-sided awls are really hard to find. Um, there aren't very many of them. So four-sided ones are the more common birdcage awl. And so that's that's what I usually prefer as a four-sided one person. Hmm. All right. It's good to know. <laughs> birdcage <laughs> awls. <Yeah. laughs> good to know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ah, well, let you say we jump onto the uh, joke of the week. Let's do it. This one is from Joel. Fa- oh Fog- man, Fogger I'm Holt? sorry, Joel. Foggerhold. 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 We'll, we'll go with that. I like how we've given <laughs> you the job of pronouncing everyone's name, <laughs> and that's like your that's your weakness. Yeah. How come you got Egbert Joe? That's that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Joel asks. Uh, Joel has the the joke of the week, which is uh, what tree grows near the ocean. Uh, beach tree. <laughs> I, I love I love the awkward silence after like the jokes. That's that's what makes it for me. Yes, uh, I love that. So if you have a joke you'd like to hear us re- read, and the the dumber the yes, joke, the, the absolute, more the better. The, the the more awkward you can make us feel after telling the joke, the better. The longer yeah, the last silence, week's with the, the drill better. and the saw. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we do so, need a uh, cricket and tumbleweed sound effect that we can play. I should I should add that yeah, in. Yes, absolutely. thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> what sound does a tumbleweed make, though? I don't know if you heard that. I thought that was the way. That was good. That was that was that was very good. Thanks. <laughs> you should do your own uh, sound effects for some like whooshes and pops, like Peter McKinnon did, and and release it. You know, nice. I, I need to get a sound generator on here and, and pump those out. Oh. Where are okay. We at? Um. So what are we watching or reading? Will, what you got? Uh, I just watched Paul Jackman's uh, Making Perfectly Segmented Rings video um, because uh, with this big lathe, I want to try to start getting into some more segmented stuff um, just because I don't know if I can find trees big enough to make bowl blanks out of uh, green. So um, he made a video on the miter set, which is – a uh, small business, small company that they make um, an indexing block. It's like, I think it's machined aluminum with index holes uh, marked out. And you set two pins in the holes um, for however many segments you want your ring to be. And then you set your miter gauge for your table saw um, to those pins. And you get your length right, um, but it makes the angles perfect for no gaps in your segmented rings. Uh, then so yeah that is a cool little jig i i'm really excited i'm gonna order one i'm gonna try it out um, it's funny i actually sent them an email like right before paul put his video out and i'm like hey i got this uh the stool that i want to segment and turn 
wondering if they wanted to work with me on that. And now I'm sure they're probably sold out of that, that gauge after Paul's video. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to say, Paul, send me your gauge for a week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just drive up and get it. I'll steal it from him. We'll have like, like joint custody. Yeah. <laughs> get it. Oh, oh, that was bad. Oh, that was bad. That was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, James, what are you watching? Uh, uh, I am watching a channel called the every maker. Um, it's a, a smaller channel and uh, I think he has like 150 subs. Um, so he's just getting started, but his channel, his videos are phenomenal. Really takes a good amount of time editing them. Um, great discussions. Um, he does a few things where he talks through projects and he makes projects and um, really cool channels. I, I have spent a little bit here binge watching his stuff. Um, but yeah, if you want to get on the ground floor of a channel that's going to be doing really well here soon, um, definitely go check out uh, the every maker and I'll leave a link to that in the description. Cool. Yeah. What you got Zach? Um, I am taking a break from informational books and I started reading Christine by Stephen King and it's pretty awesome. So yeah, that has nothing cool. to do with anything, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Right on. We got, Tools of the week. I haven't even picked one yet. Uh, yeah. What you have got? Anything Since, yet. Well, then we'll come <laughs> back to you. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Well, um, what you got? <laughs> my uh, my uh, Bosch Colt router, little uh, little trim router. Um, I have been doing a lot of on-site installs lately, where uh, just little hiccups keep coming up with like, oh, this sink is different and needs. Uh, you know, a little spot routed out because this nut needs to fit in between the countertop and the bottom of the sink and stuff like that. Um, so I've been carrying that in my truck. It's just a really easy, uh, small tool to make big changes in projects. Um, so yeah, my little Bosch Colt router, super, super useful tool. Yeah. Sweetness. Well, I've got uh, the jointer plane or jointer plane. We were talking about this beforehand. Is it a jointer plane or a jointer plane? It gets, I, I never if, know. It depends on okay. if you're making a joint or if you're joining boards. Oh, really? Is that correct? I don't know. That's just what it sounds like to me. Either you're joining boards or you're jointing a board, but you don't often joint a board, but so, you're making a butt joint. So when it comes to hand planes, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, it drives me nuts when somebody's talking about a power jointer and they call it a joiner. Um, because if you're going to buy a jointer, you, you, if you type in joiner, like no tool manufacturer is going to have that. They all sell jointers. But I think it could be different with a plane. I'm not sure. I'm confused. <laughs> Somebody needs to start a woodworking channel called Jackie Jointer Cursey. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That needs that needs to happen. Even if they put no videos out, I just want to see. Uh, I just want to see that out there in the world. Uh, the reason I the reason I like a, a joiner plane, not a jointer plane. I don't. I, I prefer to call it joiner. Well, you're from the Midwest, uh, so. <laughs> but uh, the if you get it set up right and you have a nice flat sole, that's the only plane that really, really matters that the sole is flat. Um, every other plane out there, if you're out of flat a little ways, it's really not going to make that much of a difference. Um, but for a joiner plane. If it's a really nice, true flat sole that you can trust, then the depth that the iron protrudes from the mouth determines your error from end to end of the board. So if you have a 24-inch long plane and the blade sticks out one thousandth of an inch, you know that you have a variance of one thousandth of an inch over 24 inches, um, which is 
pretty much nothing. Um, and so you can actually get a really nice flat surface that you don't have to um, check or judge. You just run the plane down it. And if you get a nice clean surface from one end to the other and you've, uh, you know that you're not you know, bellied in the middle, then uh, you, you know the boards are ready to go. So yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic tool once you really learn how to use it. So I've got a question real quick about making hand planes because I'm going to do it. Uh, making a wooden joiner jointer plane, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> is it cheating to use a power jointer to get a super flat sole? Um, no. Or is it just kind of Why? defeating the purpose of I th- making? I think that's a philosophy thing. Like it depends on your <laughs> your philosophical well, standpoint behind making. Y- you can. Um, but the, I think the question is why? I think that that takes all the fun out of it for me. Yeah, I get. It. I mean, I mean, it gets the work done. I I know that if I the fun is using the winding sticks and the the, the straight edge and and truing it up and knowing that everything's the way you want it to be. That's true. I just know if I make a video, if I make a hand plane, and I'm just like, oh, I just need to get the bottom of this thing perfectly flat, and I run it over my jointer, people are gonna like crucify me in the in the comments section. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just a a, a, a meta thought for you to, to end the show. <laughs> I, sh- I should do that in my plane video. You know, I'm going to go flatten the edge right now. And I turn around and grab a, you know, run it over the joiner. <laughs> well, Zach, have you come up with a uh, tool of the week? Sure. Uh, I don't have a link for it because I don't even know what it is. Um, there's, there's a guy, <laughs> there's, there's a guy that uh, he, he's a welder locally and he got a hold of me through something a while ago. And uh, he gave me a, I don't know the terminology. I don't know if it's a diffuser or a gas lens and a number eight cup for my TIG welder. And so I got my TIG welder set up like a week ago and was doing fine with it. And then I started messing around with like silicon bronze and some other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, let me try that other that other uh, lens that he gave me or the diffuser, whatever you call it, joiner, joiner, whatever. Um, I put that on there and it was just night and day difference. So if there's any... TIG welders out there, I'm sure you probably know this already, but uh, I found that putting one of those lenses on there made all the difference in the world. So, yeah, that's my tool. No link. Sweet. Well, it's happened again. You guys have uh, used up an entire 45 minutes listening to the Creators Collective. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but this has been an enjoyable time. If you would like to have um, questions added to the list, feel free to email one of us or uh, join us in the live chat every week, Thursday at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll be on YouTube at the Creators Collective YouTube channel. And we're looking forward to seeing what questions you have next week. But uh, that's about it for this week. Until next time, have a wonderful day. See you later. Thanks again for listening to the Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.